Well, hello everyone. Welcome back to Massive Late Fees Dumpster Diving. This is where we plumb the depths of not celebrity gossip, which is what I usually say about uh, about that that situation. But this is where we uh, we we go through the '80s, the '90s, the 2000s, maybe even the 1870s to find the worst things that people have produced and make fun of them. So, Mike, how you doing uh, today? Pretty rad. How about yourself? Oh, good, good. We've uh, we've got a good show here for you, I think, uh, on dumpster diving this week. We watched a a show that's kind of near and dear to to my heart. I think uh, I think near near and dear to Mike's heart as well. It's uh, the I believe one of the first programs on TGIF's lineup. Uh, Perfect Strangers. Yeah, I think it was part of the initial lineup. Yeah, like it, I mean, it was it predates TGIF, but I think when they started the TGIF thing, it was yeah, I think it was like one of the inaugural shows. Do you know if that's like when they you know like uh if you watch the really early episodes, like it's like a different concept. They they work in like this kind of gift shop or like a uh, yes. almost like a um what what is it, like almost like a convenience store in the basement or the ground level of their apartment building. Yeah, and they they work for uh, Mr. Carosi uh, from Saved by the Bell. Right, right. But then like later, and I feel this is around the same time they went over to TGIF because I initially just saw the TGIF ones and I never knew about the the magic gift shop. <laughs> yeah. Um, but like when they went to the TGIF, like I feel that's when like he's like, oh, I want to be a reporter, and like he's like just starts working like the mailroom at the newspaper. Yeah. Yep, I'm which, pretty sure that's correct. Which I don't think is a great way to become a reporter. No. I mean, I want to be a reporter, so, I, so I'll be near people that are writing the news. Right. I mean, you probably have to go to journalism school. <laughs> I would think so, especially uh, there. I think they're in the the Tribune building, the Chicago Tribune. I, I believe. I think so, or the Sun. I don't know. It's uh, one of the. One, I think it's like one of the real ones. Yeah, yeah. It's either the Tribune or the Chicago Sun Times, both of which you'd need a journalism degree, especially in this time. Period. To, yeah, you, to yeah, you couldn't in. go directly to either of those. They're both no. like, uh, they pick up on like what's like a feeder, like like a smaller paper, you know, and then it's almost like a, unless you're like exceptionally good or like exceptionally good at getting a story, you're usually going to take a while to get to a big newspaper. Exactly. Yeah, what he should have done is become like a supervillain where he either murders people or stages crimes and stuff like that and is the first one to report on them because he knows that they're happening. That would work for a while. Yeah. You would think so. He could have. He could have killed uh, Balky. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if he could have though. It would have killed the show. That's true. Well, could have oh, yeah, killed I'm Jennifer. <laughs> <laughs> she was in one scene of this of this episode. Yeah, yeah, they were not in it uh, very long at all. No. Uh, what I wonder if she still. I wonder if she still made her full check. That's what I always want to. That's that's the only. I want to know how the economics of uh, TV shows work. That's what I want. I've heard David Spade say it's the best job in show business. Is being on a weekly show. Yeah, Artie Lang basically said the same thing. Like mm-hmm. he said, he would like show up and like maybe do a couple scenes a day, you know, and then like at the end of the week, collect like a thirty thousand dollar paycheck. Yeah. Yeah, they, they, you know, you get this insane amount of money, uh, even if you're just, like, even if you're, you know, if you're part of the main cast, even not, like, one of the stars, but just part of the main cast, 
uh, even if it's your like first job in show business, you get like 30 grand or 40 grand or something like that a week. And, and you work like half the year. Yeah. Cause what they do is, uh, they, they film, usually what they do is they'll film Monday through Thursday, like, uh, and then Friday is, um, is the camera day, uh, like, uh, camera blocking is what they call it, where the cameramen kind of, uh, you know, figure out where they're going to put their, ca- their cameras when they actually film it. Uh, and that's usually done with stand-ins. So you don't have to be there for that, for that. And, uh, uh, and then you, then you film it and you're done. Uh, then, uh, you know, it goes, then the next week goes again, but you, so basically you work four days, uh, you f- work four days, then you get three days off. You work three weeks on one week off. That's how uh, that's how it is. So you work three weeks and then you have a week off. So every every month you have one week off, and then like you said, you work about half the year, and then you're done uh, for for the year as far as work goes. And um, yeah, it's it's crazy. Like uh, like I said, David Spade, who's done a lot of these jobs, been on a lot of these shows, say it's the it's the greatest, it's the easiest paycheck in uh in hollywood and i think i I I heard one of the wades brothers on a podcast say and this like shocked me i think he said like oh yeah that that episode was really bad that week i almost felt like giving me eighty thousand back i'm like like, what are the wades brother like you always say like it was a big deal at one point for people to make like a hundred thousand like an episode but like the wades brothers are making that you know i'm sure each of them are making the same amount Mm -hmm. yep and then it's like you know and they're like on the wb and it's like it's on it's on forever like it's like five seasons or something of that show but I don't think I ever saw one episode and like kept was compelled to keep watching it. Yeah, and that's the thing is that ad- advertising rates for TV are so enormous. That's how they can pay that, uh, you know, the, that those amounts of money to pretty much everybody uh, that that's on a, a show on TV, or at least at least this is how it used to be with streaming and and everything that's going now. I'm not sure exactly how the economics work, but I'm pretty sure it's it's fairly similar uh, to how it used to be. What's his name? Kevin Pollock, who's been on a few shows. He has a, a show called Kevin Pollock's Chat Show, and he tells a story about this. Is if, if for anybody that's ever wanted to be an actor or thought about being an actor, or even just put yourself in this situation, it's this is crazy. But he says you'd audition for a role. So let's say like you're gonna you're auditioning to be on Friends or whatever. Let's say you're Matthew Perry. Let's say you have a, a problem with pills. Um, but no, let's just say whatever, but you're, uh, you're auditioning for a show and they bring you back. They're like, okay, you know, you're one of the three people that we're still considering for the show. Apparently what they do is they make you sign the contract before you do your second, you know, your final audition for them. Uh, basically they want to know that if they offer you the role, you're not going to back out. So they have everyone sign the contract and the salary is right on the contract. So he's like, it's the most nerve wracking thing in the world because you, you go there, you go in this little room, they give you this piece of paper and they're like, okay, you know, you like your lawyer or your agent or whatever has gone over it and everything. This is what we've negotiated and stuff. And it's like, here's how much your life could change if you do well in this audition. And it's like, then go audition. Uh, so that's nuts. Like if you're like a struggling actor and you're like, okay, so if you do well uh, on this, you know, this contract says you'll get $30,000 a week for, you know, the next year or whatever it is. 
And then if you lose out and you see somebody else on there and they're clearly not as good as you, you just know they're making that much. The oh, whole time. yeah. I know. It'd be crazy. It's like, it's like one of the like reporters for the um, uh, somebody on 97 won the ticket, the local uh, talk radio station. Mm-hmm. So they were like in the uh, clubhouse once, like interviewing the Tigers, and like Brandon Inge like got his paycheck, and like when he opened it, he just smiled so big. <laughs> and then if you think about, it, I mean, like some like Brandon Inge is you know, was never a great player. I mean, he got to the All Star game, which was hilarious, right? Um, but I mean, so like you know, he even he he's probably making a million or more a year. He probably made like three to five million a year at his peak. I would imagine. Yeah, I would guess. Yeah. So, I mean, even that's, like, crushing this kind of salary because this is, like, about 600000 you know, mm-hmm. a year yep. at the 30000 rate. But, yeah, it's just, it's, just, it's just nuts. Yeah. They, uh, it's... And, and, again, I always argue, why don't the uh, studios just collude to pay them less? I mean, if no one pays more than, like, say, $200,000 a film or $200,000 a season of a TV show, I mean, you're still going to have people showing up for the job because, like you said, it's an easy job. You know, you know what a big reason is, uh, at least in TV, is the union. The union won't won't let them. Yeah, that's 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 got to make sense at this point. Yeah, the actors' union is one of the the biggest, you know, the most powerful unions out there, uh, honestly. And uh, if the if the studios like they they'll they know exactly how much the studios making, like they know what the rates are for commercials, uh, you know, in prime time or or whatever the. The show's airing, or I'm sure uh, with Netflix and stuff like that, they know how much they're they're making. Although, who knows? With with Netflix, who knows how much they're making at all? Right. For all you know, they were going with the Amazon strategy, just throwing money into a hole until you had the hole big enough for people to just, like, collapse into. Yep. Yeah, so I think Amazon much. only really became profitable a few years ago, and that, a lot of that was their, uh, their cloud uh, computing platform, I think. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, speaking of uh, streaming services, I just got Disney Plus today. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> yeah, the I I was thinking about doing the I was thinking about at least talking about the Mandalorian. I haven't seen it yet, but I know it's the big thing that's on there. Yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm unless my children beg me to get it, I'm, I have no plans to. Even though I think I would, because you said it's Hulu, right? Yeah, so what I did was I did the package deal with for for twelve ninety nine, which is less than I pay for a little bit less than I pay for um for Netflix. Uh I get uh Disney Plus, Hulu, and ESPN Plus. I was watching ESPN Plus today too, which is cool. They got all the MMA fights on there and stuff like that. Yeah, that's why I like the the MMA fighting. But like I said, it's probably very casually uh, possible for a child to just like suddenly start watching so we get their skull patched in. Well, actually, so they're different. Uh, so Disney, you have to sign in with the different apps. Like it's not oh, all see. on Disney Plus. Like uh, gotcha. It basically it just it it connects the accounts so you can use the same password and an email address Log across in. yeah cool. across all the different ones. But you have to. Like to watch the ESPN stuff, you got to be on the ESPN app. Oh man, I don't know if I, I have the energy to assign uh, to three different apps. <laughs> I mean, that's a lot of work. Oh, <laughs> uh, you know what was a lot of work was uh, was uh, sitting through this episode. <laughs> a perfect. Yeah, it, it was very uh, very mundane episode. Oh, by the way, um. Uh, 
Speaking of the complete opposite of mundane, I, I want to say happy birthday to my wife. I, I mistimed it. Mm-hmm. I forgot our last episode was actually on her birthday, but we're celebrating her birthday today, so it counts, I guess. Yes. Happy birthday, Alex. Uh, late, I guess, for uh, for this episode, but uh, retroactively on the, the main show, happy birthday then. Yes. And this is before your birthday, so it counts. Yeah, exactly. It's true. Timing on this is always fun with uh, the. I'm podcast. not a wizard. I don't. I don't have a time traveling device. Right. I don't know how calendars work. <laughs> but yeah, the, so I look when when I try to, to pick episodes of stuff like that, I think about different shows that that we watched or or different shows you know from from uh, our era of growing up, and then I go to a site that ranks them. Uh, by from best to worst and this was the lowest ranked episode of perfect strangers but it's not it's not horrible we it's basically indiscernible from any other episode of perfect strangers yeah i mean we've we've watched much worse than this uh, yeah i mean it's just like a very uh like very boring kind of episode um a couple things here i i think we should call this podcast uh vindicating mike Okay. Because when I was watching this episode, I had a theory. Uh. Do you know how Bronson Pinchot is always playing, like, uh, you know, like these characters with accents for some reason? Yeah. Like, he's from he's from the United States. He's from New York. Right. But every character he plays has an accent. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking, like, this son of a bitch, Bronson Pinchot. He's so unethical, I bet he would play the Indian guy in Short Circuit. <laughs> and then and then I looked up Bronson Pinchot. At one point, he replaced Fisher Stevens as the Indian guy in Short Circuit. Holy shit! But then he left the project for Perfect Strangers, and then Fisher Stevens got it back. Oh my god, that is hilarious. I was cracking up a lot of that, yes. I I was, I remember being totally shocked when I found out that, that, that the Indian guy from Short Circuit was not Indian. Yeah, I never really thought about it at that age. I'm like, ah, he's got an accent. Right. You can't fake that. He's brown. <laughs> but he is a yeah. very white person. He uh he's so white he made a documentary about the whales. Exactly. And won an award for it. Oh, congratulations, Fisher Stevens. But yeah, this this episode, as you guys can probably I hear he'll tell, be doing the uh, voice of Apu if uh, Hank Azaria ever retires. Oh, wow. Yeah. Him or Prince and Pincho. They might have to uh, to work it out between the two of them. Speaking, of, speaking about people that make a ton of money, think about how much money Hank Azaria makes for The Simpsons. Yeah, that's probably a lot. Oh, God. The, those people, I mean, they, I think they make like... I, no joke, I think they make like two or three million dollars an episode. They might at this point. The main, the main cast. It's it's, it's crazy. It's kind of like a uh, an MLP contract where like you just like you're really paid for it at the end, like you know because no one's I I, I don't know who's mm-hmm. watching the show. I really don't. I'm not trying to be funny. Right. I've I haven't heard a person reference like having watched the show in years. I mean, it might just be my age group, but I think my age group would be like the prime audience for the Simpsons. You would imagine. I mean, my 11-year-old likes, like, you know, she likes the Halloween episodes, and she likes the show, but she's not really going out of her way to watch it. It's on Disney Plus now every single episode. Wow, that's... 
How dare you tempt me? Uh, yeah, my wife wants to watch it. She she's like, so she's like, oh, they have The Simpsons, and I said, yeah, they've you know they've got The Simpsons at like every episode, and I went through, you know, like I because you can just like on who on uh, like Hulu or on Netflix, you can click and it shows you know all the seasons, and it's got one through thirty, and she's like, well, yeah, I'm not gonna watch thirty thirty uh, years of it. Uh, you know, we'll stop when it gets shitty and. Like like five six years in or whatever, but she's like, I really want to watch it from the beginning. I'm like, yeah. yeah, it's 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 weird. Like the like the way I recall it is the first season or even two, they aren't like quite catching their footing, and like the yeah. third through maybe fit like you said maybe the fifth season, mm-hmm. maybe even like middle fourth middle six, it could swing either way. It's like uh, is when it just gets bad and it just never gets better and it only gets worse. Yeah, I know it's weird. Like for a while, even like the Halloween episodes were. We're again, we're talking about uh, this because there's really not much talk about in this episode. No, not at all. I mean, once um, we start talking about Perfect Strangers, you're gonna see it's gonna be about a three minute conversation, and then we'll be done. Yeah, I, I do have some good. I've done some research for this one. Oh, okay. Mostly involving inflation. <laughs> right. Yeah, I, I I know why. Yeah. All right. The um. Simpsons, I mean, yeah, it's I, I like Futurama better. Futurama was more consistently good, I think. Oh yeah. Future Futurama is one of my favorite shows ever. I mean, especially the first five seasons. I haven't really watched the rest of it in depth to really, you know, like you know I mean I've seen some episodes and I enjoy them, but I haven't really dug into it. But I mean the first the original run of Futurama is like mm-hmm. probably my favorite animation of all time for I mean yep. South Park is good too, but Futurama is just like I, I it's it's more enjoyable to watch than, you know. I think the humor's more up my alley from from Futurama, I think, than than South Park. South Park's good, and I and I enjoy South Park. Yeah, I like but... South Park. I just don't like when they get like super political, which is frequently, you know. Mm, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I enjoy, don't get me wrong. I enjoy a lot of those episodes where it's like ripped from the headlines, but I don't care for it constantly. I feel like the ones that aren't like you know set from like you know the news are are better in general. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. Um, yeah, so uh, in this episode, uh, Larry, and, and this is weird because when I was looking at this, this is on Hulu, correct? Yes, it is. And now Disney Plus, apparently. Right. Um, but so I was, and that makes sense because I think this show was originally on ABC. Correct. Yeah, Perfect Strangers of the TJF. Yeah. Yep. Um, but so uh, the way this, uh, and actually, I don't think just there's probably some people who haven't seen Perfect Strangers. Basically, it's like the classic fish out of water. It's a, uh, um. Marklin Baker, I believe. That yes. is his name. He plays uh, Larry Appleton. He's a Chicagoite who, as we mentioned, first works at like a store in his building. And then later uh, decides to become a newspaper reporter by working at a newspaper uh, company. Mm-hmm. And his wacky cousin that he never knew of named uh, Balky from the country of Meep from Balky Bartakamus mm-hmm. from the country of Mepos, which I don't know if they ever really established where it's from. I can only guess it's from like the Greek kind of isles, you know, that kind of area. Yeah. It's like, it's supposed to, it's, it's okay. So it's an Island. I don't think they say what sea it's in, but I mean, basically from all the things that they say, you can kind of glean that it's an Island in the Aegean sea off the coast of Greece. It's supposed to be its own independent uh, nation, but yeah, it's, it's a lot of like Greek Albanian, that kind of, uh, you know, Mediterranean, Eastern Mediterranean, or, yeah, Eastern Mediterranean uh, culture. Yeah, I think what they did here was, I think it was actually pretty intelligent. They took a very broad swipe at, like, immigrants. They were they were, they, they were, making fun of immigrants without making fun of immigrants, if that means. Yeah. 
because they weren't specifically saying like, oh, these, you know, Greeks or these Italians or, you know, these mm -hmm. Polish or whatever. They were saying these wacky foreigners. And it's, I mean, it's, it's I mean, I'm not from a foreign country. I mean, they're, they're not specifically offending anybody. So, I mean, I guess really anybody could, it, I mean, maybe that's what the allure of the character was that, you know, you could enjoy making fun of foreign people without being, right. you know, a xenophobe. Right. <laughs> it was Donald Trump's favorite show. Oh, I bet. Uh, um, but this episode takes place in 1989, which is very important to the plot because, uh, and and in the description on Hulu, that's what my point was at one point. Um, I, it says uh, his sister gets into a prestigious medical school. Is that no, what it says? The in the thing? A, yeah, I, I believe that's what it said when I first looked at the description. Maybe wow. it was like in the Google search. But yeah, but it's actually a musical school. Uh, do they say it's Juilliard? I don't recall. Yeah. Specifically say yeah, so um, so she got in, but she only has a she doesn't have enough for the full tuition, and she needs another four thousand dollars. Correct. Which uh, adjusted for inflation, she basically needs another eight thousand dollars. Right. And, she, and he and he for some reason just says, "Oh, I'll, I'll pay it." You know, he he works in the he works in the mailroom at the newspaper. It, it's so ridiculous because it's one of those things, that... and it's a character like you've never seen before or heard mm -hmm. of before. Yeah, it's it's one of the, it's one of those weird things that happens on sitcoms where somebody else has a problem, in this case his sister, and he's like, "Oh, I'll make it my problem." <laughs> it's like he knows he's on a show. Well, there's no cameras following you around, so I'll make it my problem so we can entertain the audience. Or it's like the character secretly hates himself. Right. Because I mean, I know it's his sister and everything, but if my sister called me up and was like, "Oh, you're complaining that she got into Juilliard, but she couldn't afford the entire tuition. My first uh, response wouldn't be like, well, he, I, I can pay it uh, with a bunch of money I don't have. You know, my first response would be, if you need $8,000, you didn't get into Juilliard. I think, yeah, no kidding. I think they would, uh, they, would, they would give you a scholarship if they wouldn't need that bad. I think your response would be, uh, I have a sister. Right. Uh, but yeah, so... Uh, so, so yeah, yeah, he like he's like yeah, I'll, I'll go ahead and you know pay this you know eight thousand dollars in like what like two or three weeks or something like that. Yeah, yeah. She got a partial scholarship. So I mean, I don't. What do you think? It's like you think it's about half, and I'm I'm I guessing guess. this is a semester. What's she gonna do next semester? Yeah, it's gonna be every every semester. That's how it works, Larry. Right. Oh yeah, this is a bad plan. Yeah, there's, there's not a, I mean, I, I can't feel bad for him at all. Mm -hmm. And then so he's like, uh, you know, he goes to his job at the mailroom. Yep. Or he, that's probably like his annual salary or close to it. Yeah, no kidding. In 1989, absolutely. Well, maybe not that bad, but yeah, it's, 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 uh, it's a lot. It's a big chunk of it, I'm sure. Uh, but yeah, so he uh, he goes back to derping around in the mailroom and then uh, Balky says some wacky shit. I don't know what he's talking about. And then, uh, then Larry gets into a car accident with Balky in the car as well. Yeah, they they get rear-ended, and he threw his back out, and you know he's having uh, a tremendous amount of pain. Yeah, but he does say he, he his back goes out occasionally. It's not a new thing to him. Mm -hmm. He was going to go to the chiropractor, but uh, his sister his sister suddenly needed ten grand uh, to open an ice cream shop last summer. Right. <laughs> But yeah, so he's uh, you know eventually he he works he works it out and his his back is better, um, and uh, the guy the guy that their boss, um, what what 
What else Mr. has he Garpley. been in? He's been he was in a lot of things. He's in a Force Gump as the uh, the principal. Who, that's uh, right. Let's a force slide in after force mom lets him slide in. Right, exactly. That's 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 probably where I recognized him from the most. Yeah, he's been on a lot of things. He's a, he, I like him. He's a character actor. You know, he's that's this is probably his biggest role that I know of. And as far I mean, as I, I know, mean, he's not a dirtbag. Well known. <laughs> yeah, probably not. Unlike his character in Forrest Gump, who uh, slept with a woman to let her mentally challenged son into school. Right. That's kind of the definition of a dirtbag. Oh, shit. <laughs> well, if I can get a shot at Sally Field. <laughs> not even good Sally Field. No, like 45-year-old Sally Field. <laughs> Sorry, Sally Field. We love you. You're um, courageous. But, uh, but yeah, so uh, he's, he's, he comes out and he says, hey, have you gotten a lawyer yet? Because, you know... The guy, this guy's an, he's like the typical like the typical eighties like you know plot where you sue people for everything. Mm-hmm. That was like a big thing. I mean, they always there was like everything had like a, there was like a courtroom episode for some reason. Oh yeah, and occasionally there'd be like a special celebrity guest like Harry Anderson or Judge Wapner. What do you think it is? Do you think it's that every every studio had a courtroom set and they're oh, yeah like... that's that's definitely a part of it. <laughs> and they were like, hey, let's use this. And they had a couple of lawyers there who were trying to break into writing, like, oh, well, we have an idea. <laughs> they figured, they figured, hey, we want to be television writers, so how are we going to accomplish that? Should we study? Should we, uh, you know, should we go to school? No, let's just hang around writers. Yeah, some, some guys were, uh, you know, after Matlock ended, they were just kind of hanging around the studio. <laughs> yeah, they signed each, each of them a, 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 a script. Mark Lynn Baker show. walks by him. And he's like, "Hey, hey, I got an idea for your show." Oh, he's like, "Hold on, I'm just gonna go eat over here in the courthouse. It's it's so peaceful here, you know. I just go here to eat and think, <laughs> you know, each day at lunchtime." <laughs> you have a courthouse, Ed? Oh, wow. But yeah, so he he advises, of course, to sue them, and then Larry's like, he he tells them he could get like four to six thousand dollars, like, yeah. So it's all upside for Larry. At a minimum, according to his his weirdo uh, boss, who is an asshole, who suddenly knows the intricacies of the legal system. Right. It's uh, you know, at the very least, it's enough to pay his sister, and you know, he could even have some for himself. Yeah, it it's it's the equivalent of that contrivance of a TV show or a movie where we need ten thousand dollars to uh, save the rec center. Oh, hey, this dance contest pays exactly ten thousand dollars. Right, right. Uh, yeah, so he just he gets like a uh, he gets a neck brace, uh, he gets a wheelchair, and he decides to start faking it. Uh, at first, uh, Balky is uh, bamboozled with the rest of them. This is the brief scene with Jennifer and Marianne, as you uh, described. Yeah, uh, Balky is just like waiting on him hand and foot, like aggressively. So yeah, like this is all he's ever wanted in life. Yeah, like he won't allow him to do anything for himself. <laughs> Uh, and Jennifer and uh, Marianne have got that uh, giant '80s hair. Yes, and then Jennifer—they're saying they're going to play—is it tennis or racquetball? One of those '80s, uh, you know, kind of sports. Yeah, tennis. There's a big tennis tournament. Yeah, yeah, and then she's talking about her outfit she's going to be wearing. Which, what the hell is she talking about? I mean, I assume it's not going to be like to the point where he's like trying to get out of not getting four thousand dollars i know that was the most ridiculous thing because he she's like oh larry you know it's too bad we're gonna have to miss the tennis tournament because you're hurt 
And yeah, I kind of get the impression that as long as they've been dating, he's never seen her naked. Apparently, that's what it seems like. Because uh, you know, uh, the the friend is like, "Oh, and you bought that cute little outfit and everything." It's like, so it's got to be just like a regular tennis outfit, which sure right. they can be cute and everything. But I mean, this tournament's not being thrown by penthouse. Right. Exactly. <laughs> like that. That was my thought process. Was uh, like. Why? Why are you going to jeopardize this uh, when, in a week, when this is all over, you can sleep with her, you know, anyway? It was just such such a little amount of time. But apparently, like you said, I mean, I get the impression that uh, that he's never even seen her legs above the knee. <laughs> Probably not. Uh, but yeah, so so it's like a, it's like a really weird. I was like, what? <laughs> that's that's odd. But I don't know. Maybe they thought the show's. Being watched by children or something. I guess yeah, that, I don't know. that would explain a lot about this. Like if this was a show that children were watching. Well, it's funny because uh, when he threw his back out, the the woman that works with him too, she says, "I've seen a lot of backs get thrown out," and she goes, "In fact, I've caused a lot of backs to go out." Right. <laughs> <laughs> that was fun too. Oh man. But yeah, so, so so he's faking this, and Balky's like his his personal like you know surfing for some mm-hmm. reason. Yeah. But then uh, all of a sudden, um, like uh, Balky goes out or something, and I can't, he catches Larry making a phone call. Is that what it is? Oh no, Larry uh, has decided to mimic as soon as as soon, this is so dumb too. As soon as Balky leaves, he's decided to reenact what it would be like uh, to play the tennis oh, tournament yeah, with uh, right. with his girlfriend. Yeah, that was the most ridiculous thing ever. And then Balky walks in because he forgot his keys. Yeah, that's right. Um, so yeah, like, uh, so then he's like, he realizes he's faking it the whole time, and then he's like, "Oh, you can't do this; it's dishonest." Uh, and then I feel like, uh, I feel like Perfect Strangers ripped off the Golden Girls a lot here. Okay. Um, because like, you know, how they always had Balky like have this wacky story about like his home village that was like clearly a ripoff of Rose from the Golden Girls. Oh yeah, yeah, exactly. Mount Saint Olaf. That's what it was, right? Saint Olaf. You know, actually, shit. Which one was first? Maybe the Golden Girls came after this. I hate to think that they ripped off uh, Perfect Strangers. I think the Golden Girls came out in '84, maybe. Like I think, I, I, I think Perfect Strangers was like '83 or '82. Uh, let's see. Wait, I'll no, no. This is that. season five. It's 1989. And it's season five, so it's like '84 at the earliest. Okay, so they... Oh, it's uh, 85. The Golden Girls premiered September 14th, 1985. And Perfect Strangers premiered uh, in March 25th, 1986. So they, oh, okay, well, they that's were, close. They were a year after, but they were after. I would have thought both were earlier than that. Yeah, me too, honestly. Because, yeah, 85, I, I thought that Gold, the Golden Girls was at least 84. I thought uh, Perfect Strangers was at least 84 as well. Uh, but yeah, anyway, so he, he finds out that he's faking it, and he, but Larry's made an appointment with the insurance adjuster. Yeah, so many things didn't happen that I thought were going to happen. Like, for instance, I thought the insurance adjuster was going to come in there and eventually either find out that Larry was lying and be like, uh, oh, wait, this guy was in the uh, car with you, Balky, and be like, okay, well, we're going to pay you, uh, you know, uh, six grand or, or like. That, that's what I thought. I thought they were going to say, oh, this guy clearly had some kind of head injury. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah. I, that's That was like, I, I for sure thought that was going to happen. <laughs> but it doesn't. Instead, yeah, nothing so, happens. 
Yeah, so Belki tells him this ridiculous story about his uh, his home village where this guy lied or something. I don't know. I I kind of tuned out. It was very boring. It was so dumb too because it it didn't prove anything. He tells him this story about because he says so he's he's lied to the insurance adjuster. The insurance adjuster first the insurance adjuster is like, "We'll give you two grand," and he's like, "I was thinking more like three thousand eight hundred and seventy five dollars, which is the exact amount that he needs right. for his uh, his which sister." Which is ridiculous. And his yeah. the insurance adjuster's response is, "You drive a hard bargain, okay." So he, he he responded so quickly he would have got way higher than that. Seriously, he was like relieved that it was only that amount of money. But um, so Balky tells him a story about his uh, like some yeah. some accordion player or whatever. His brother. By, by the way, yeah. we we must mention that Balky and Larry are maybe five feet away from this guy at oh, most. Yeah. Yeah, I, know. I mean, I, I'm surprised they're not bumping into him as they tell the story. He's I so was thinking that the whole time. Like, like that might be, like that might be further than it. He might be closer than five feet. He is like right next to them. Yeah, exactly. So imagine like your living room where there's like a couch and then there's a chair, you know, like uh, situated, and then there's the TV. Uh, he's sitting on the couch. Oh, okay. They're at the we, chair. We don't, we don't have it. We don't have a chair. We just have a couch. Okay. Well. Uh, well, I didn't mean you. I meant the listeners' <laughs> living room. <laughs> Just why would it be specifically me? <laughs> but anyway, so, so, um, yeah, they're talking about this story, and uh, Balky tells him about this famous accordion player who's uh, he got his start because his brother gave him a loan or gave him some money to buy an accordion. So he, he takes the money, he buys the accordion. He, he plays beautifully, and for years he's uh, the most beautiful and well-known accordion player, you know, around. Then his brother eventually tells him years later that the money that he gave him to buy his first accordion was stolen, and all of a sudden he can't play anymore. He's not he's not good. It's like, and he's like, so you see, uh, you know, I hope you didn't curse your sister like this guy uh, cursed his brother. Well, he cursed his brother by telling him one that he, because uh, I mean, clearly it's just guilt. It's if if it was the fact that the money was stolen or the dishonesty itself, like the universe was uh, correcting something, then he wouldn't have been good from the beginning. And he could have just paid it back and been fine. Yeah, it, the whole thing was ridiculous. And also, I think I, I, I the entire thing ends in a pun or like or something like that, like some kind of like wordplay. It's like a, all yes. like a, almost like a really bad version of a Norm Macdonald, like you know. Shaggy Dog story. Yeah, because his the people are named I think like Balbo or something like that, and his brother's name is Bimbo, and he's like, yeah. don't be a bimbo. Yeah, that's like what, it, what like that was the whole punchline to this really terrible, long, unfunny joke. But for some reason, this sways Larry, so he he comes clean and says, oh, you know, there's a chance that this could be a re-injury of something that I had before and I, I wouldn't feel comfortable if I took your money. And the guy just laughs because he's from an insurance company. And uh, and he's like, oh, you're serious. And he's like, okay, just sign this that says, uh, you know, releases us from liability and everything. And then, like, he he just chuckles <laughs> and gets out. Like, this, this could only happen in the 80s. This could only be an 80s resolution where the the fucking clearly slimy insurance agent wins at the end of the episode. Right. It's so ridiculous. And then he's like, okay, well, I'll, I'll have to sell my car. Uh, and that's basically what, what the resolution is. So instead, Larry's going to sell his car to pay for his sister to go to Juilliard. 
which is messed up because of, for one semester. Right. Uh, what's what's messed up is Balky at first like thought he was gonna sell his car. Uh-huh. Just why do you assume Larry's gonna sell his car? That's, right. That just says a lot about the relationship. Oh my god. Yeah, this was episode not great. Um, it's very mundane. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, you could. I'm I'm shocked that what we thought would happen didn't happen. But I mean, it wasn't like. It wasn't anything amazing. It was just a very like you could probably written in their sleep theory, you know. Yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. This was this was a very autopilot episode of of uh, Perfect Strangers. Like they might have like done it in like one or two nights, you know, at the end of like a week of like a you know writer's block, and then mm-hmm. just went in, like a cocaine binge and just like you know threw it all out there. <laughs> you know what I just realized is that every episode of Perfect Strangers is a bottle episode. <laughs> is it? So, well, pretty... no, that, that's that's not correct. There's one episode, and this is kind of funny. I was thinking about this earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, uh, they go to, they go to L.A. and it's a two parter because oh, okay. Jennifer and Marianne get kidnapped. But the funny thing about it is, Holy like, shit. it's like an exotic okay. What <laughs> they get kidnapped? Something like that. Yeah, that's it's really crazy. weird. But like, uh, but the funny thing about it is that uh, it's like the exotic location they're in is L.A. So basically, they just went and shot exteriors. You know, and they oh, didn't yeah. get much different. Right. Like it's like because you know obviously the show takes place in Chicago, but they were never in Chicago. I'm sure. No. No, the only time they were in Chicago maybe was when they filmed the uh, the opening. Yeah. Maybe. But they went to Meepos at one point too, but that looked like a pretty. Uh, that was also a two parter. That looks like a pretty poor set. I mean, it's it's clear they didn't shoot on location in uh, Greece. All right. Maybe uh, went to Catalina Island or something. Right, maybe. Yeah, I don't recommend this or any other episode of uh, Perfect Strangers. No, I mean I like I like the Marklin Baker. I like him. He's funny. Uh, Bronson Pinchot's funny. I mean, in, in parts. I mean, he uh, the entire episode also ended on him saying is like a, is it is don't be ridiculous. Is it like his catchphrase? Yes. Like they literally saved it for the last line of the episode, and like the audience just like they clapped. With, like cheers. The audience fucking clapped and cheered. Like, they were probably whispering to each other, they're not going to do it, are they? Right. And then at the very last, it's like an encore, you know, at the end <laughs> of a show where they play your favorite song. Could you imagine being such a fucking loser <laughs> that you were, <laughs> that you would be in the in in the audience of Perfect Strangers whispering to your friend, oh, no, no, we came, we came to an episode where they're not going to do it, they're not going to say it, oh, I feel so bad, Fuck and then it. they say it, like, oh, all oh, you said is you... <laughs> I read the Perfect Stranger zine that uh, they're getting. They're trying to make it, you know, have more impact. So they're going to say it less. Maybe they're going to start doing this episode. Well, we're never going to hear. Oh, because <laughs> oh, you know, there's God. more than one of these parrots. Jeez. Oh the, uh, my God. Perfect Strangers uh, zine, America or Burst. Right. <laughs> which later became a right wing uh, <laughs> website. Nice. Thank you. Oh, all right. Well, that's our episode for the uh, the week there. Uh, I don't know. Join us next time, and we'll uh, watch something else. Hey, did you know uh, Bronson Pinchot was on a Step by Step as a replacement for Cody? <laughs> no, I didn't. His name was Jean Pierre, and he had a French accent. Oh my god! <laughs> Every he time have... he didn't have one in uh, what's that? Uh, True romance. That's the one thing I can think of. Oh yeah, he is in that. That's true. And he, he was like in some 
random 80s movie I saw, too. He Yeah, even in Beverly Hills Cop, he had an accent. <laughs> oh, Bronson yeah, Pinchot. Yeah. I wonder where you are now. Did he have a... He had sort of an accent in the Langoliers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, kind of. Um, but yeah, I guess he uh, he was like redoing houses a lot. So he like, had like a TV show that was him remodeling houses. I, was, I don't know what network network he was on. Oh. Then I guess he like uh, that didn't go so well. He had, like had to file for bankruptcy, you know, like a few years ago. So I don't really know what he's. Up. Oh, poor Bronson Pinchot. Uh, maybe it was just the company. Let's let's assume that's what it was. Maybe I don't want to bis- maybe ABC should bring back. Uh, they should reboot. They're rebooting everything else. They should reboot Perfect Strangers. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. Let's laugh at foreigners again. <laughs> well, that would probably go over pretty well these days. Balky's family like could be trying to come over from Mepos, but they get put in cages near the port. What if uh, back in the eighties, the government used to control the uh, control society by putting out these like little valves, to, like you know, let out pressure in society? Like you know, there were people who were like racist, so they came out with all in the family, you know, so you could kind of like. Oh, you know, really? people who are racist had something to enjoy, but that kind of like helped them like let off some steam. Mm-hmm. And then, like you know, in Perfect Strangers, it was done with immigrants, obviously. Wow. Sure, I can think of more examples. Wake up, sheeple. And for for Golden Girls, it was uh, for people that wanted to fuck old women. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we will. Uh... We will see you next week. (laughs) Bye. See you next time.